Welcome back to another episode of Draws in Spanish. I'm your host, Fabiola Lara. I'm a Chilean-American illustrator based in Philadelphia. In case this is your first time tuning in, usually I have interview episodes where I interview Latinx visual artists about their identity and their creative career. But on this episode, you guys, I'm going to do a Q&A mini episode answering some of your questions that I got on the Draws in Spanish hotline, which actually, let me tell you what that hotline is in case you wanna, in case you wanna call in yourself. It's 305-985-3729. So if you have a question for me about, you know, freelance, having a creative career, being Latinx, the mixture of all of those things, call me at 305-985-3729. You can also text me, but if you call me, I'll play it on the show. So that's a little bonus. Okay, let's get into our first call for the day. Let's go. Let me play this here for you. Hey, Fab. This is Lauren. I'm a creator based in Brooklyn, and I have found this podcast to just be absolutely incredible, which I have already expressed via an email to you, but to all who are listening, let's just say it was quite the love letter. Join the Patreon. The save deserves it. So my question is, I'd love to know what your experience thus far has been as a host of Jaws and Spanish. What are you learning during these discussions about yourself as a Latinx artist? Have there been any unexpected discoveries? Are there any topics where you're getting a sense there's some real juiciness to uncover? You know, all in all, 20-ish episodes in, how's it going? How have you evolved and what are you personally speaking out of all of this. So that's a very broad trail of questions, but just curious what comes up. Thank you for all you do. All right, you guys, this is an amazing question coming from Lauren Ronquillo. She is on Instagram. I'll drop her handle right here, but it's literally Lauren at Lauren Ronquillo and I'll leave it written. So if you are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it and I'll leave it in the show notes for you because she's an amazing artist herself. All right, Lauren, this is a really good question. What have I learned as my experience as a host of Draws in Spanish? Honestly, I've learned that like I love talking to people and you know, in the first season, I was extremely nervous to talk to artists, you know, because I admire all of these artists that I have on the show. And so I was like really kind of nervous and a bit jittery and a bit mm, maybe planning some like extremely intellectual questions and stuff. I mean, not that intellectual, let's be honest, but you know what I mean? Like I was trying to ask like really deep questions and now I kind of just approach it as a actual conversation where obviously I know a lot about the person, but I'm just really curious to hear what they have to say and how they're thinking. And that's what I want to shine a light on because I think once I get to that, that's like what is kind of like the fun part of the conversation as opposed to having like a really proper Q&A where I'm just hitting them with question after question after question and leaving like no room for like, you know, thinking out loud and ranting and that kind of thing. So I kind of just learned that like, I really like talking to people and I'm not that scared of doing it. 
as I kind of thought I was, or I, I kind of was nervous in the beginning and I've lost that. So I've just learned to be a more confident, I guess, conversational host, if that's a word. And then what I've learned about myself is this podcast has really given me the confidence to understand that being Latine is like totally defined by what you want. So you can be Latinx however you want. So I think that's really endearing. And I think at first I knew that, but like I, I maybe didn't like, like I knew it verbally, but I didn't like feel it. And now I really feel that because I feel like every single time I have someone on the show, whether they're like recent immigrants or they like have lived the majority of their life here in the U.S. like I have, like we all share a lot of different experiences. Um, and I think those differences are cool and I think it makes us who we are. And so I just really learned to like, I guess I've learned a bit of self-acceptance throughout the show, which is an amazing side effect, honestly. And I hope a lot of you guys are also experiencing that. And when I say you guys, I mean a gender inclusive, you guys, by the way like dudes or something, um, which to me is gender inclusive. <laughs> anyway, different conversation. But yeah, I kind of just learned just to be just to accept myself more as this like uh, Chilean American person who grew up only in the US and who like, you know, I grew up here, but I was born in Chile. And it's just like, that's totally fine. And doesn't mean I'm not Chilean or I'm not American. I'm this like little hybrid and that's just my reality. And that's like totally fine. I don't need to um, like overcompensate in any way or the other. I can just be me. And that's like just sweet. You know, I don't have to. I've never felt the need to like be overly Latina to like make up for. I don't know, lack of Latina because I'm not in Chile. Um, because I just don't feel like that was, that's natural to me, right? Like, and I'm very confident with where I am with my Latin identity, which is just like, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was born there. I grew up here. I know Spanish. Like, I don't fit into a lot of stereotypes. And like, that's the way I want it. So I feel like I've really learned a lot of that. And I hope if you guys have thoughts on this, please text or voicemail them to the hotline because this is a conversation I feel like I could talk a lot about, but I don't want to bore you guys. And now, what am I seeking to do with Draws in Spanish? Simple question, simple answer. I really want to build community. I want to connect us all so that I can inspire, like, so that I can help inspire other Latinx artists at any stage of their life. Because I think, like, being an artist is already super like risky and kind of controversial because it's not like being a doctor where it's like a set career path and secure and chill and like whatever. It's not the most traditional uh, career path to take. So with this show, I just want to a build community by first off connecting with other Latinx artists, connecting us all together in the discord, chatting with you guys, supporting one another and inspiring those who are kind of on the outskirts and maybe they're like teeter-tottering or they've always thought about it but they weren't sure like that's literally the mission of the show I mean if I could monetize the show just enough so that it wasn't um jading because I put a ton of time into like sourcing uh sourcing interviews sourcing guests coordinating the schedules research 
editing, distributing, and then promoting every episode with like content for social media and then an, and then a post and then a reel and then a TikTok. Like it's a lot of work and I love it. So like, I don't mind doing it. It's really fun for me, but at the same time, like the amount of energy and time I put into it, it would be nice if it was like a little bit financially sustainable or lucrative just so that I don't get like resentful and jaded from the whole thing, you know, like putting your heart and soul into something and feeling like it's taking away from like uh what you could be doing for your art or what you could be doing like a million other things you could be doing that maybe are a little more lucrative and I only say that because as an artist you have to be mindful of these things like we live in reality um and time you know time is precious so that would be a cool but my biggest my biggest mission is to have the show just feel like a little community for us because I would do that um, and I am doing that for for no financial incentive. You know what I mean? Um, I just really think it's necessary and I want it to exist like really badly. And so every time I put out an episode, it's like in the name of that, in the name of community, in the name of like showing up for you guys. So hopefully you guys can show up for me and for each other. And yeah, that's like the whole point. So I hope that answers your question, Lauren. Thank you for calling in. Everyone go follow her. I'll leave the link in the show notes. All right. On to our next question. Hi, Fab. This is Natalia, and I have two questions for you. The first one is, what are your best tips about um, monetizing our illustration skills and expanding our revenue streams? And the second question is, how does being part of our illustration community change your life for the better? Or how do you feel that you have impacted the illustration community in a positive way so far? Thank you. I love your podcast and I love everything you do. Besitos. Bye. Natalia, thank you so much for your call. This was a call from a previous guest of the show, Natalia Cardona Puerta. You can find her at Nats and Me on Instagram. This is such a good question. Okay, so the first question you had was like tips for revenue for revenue streams and just like monetizing your illustration skills. This could rightfully be an entire podcast episode all on its own, but briefly, uh, because this is a mini episode, so I don't want it to be an hour long. Um, yes, yes, you should be uh, monetizing your illustration skills and expanding your revenue streams. Now, my tips for this is that it's kind of a long game overall. Like you don't have to start with every stream all at once. A, because that's impossible and B, because it's not like sustainable to do either. So what I would say is that I kind of break down like revenue streams into three categories. So I would say your first category is like the short game. So like what you can do kind of quickly, independently, and kind of maybe make some quick, quick money, quick money in return. And that would be having an online shop. Obviously, this is still a ton of work. It's not like instant money, but... You can make products by yourself. You can think of them on your own, produce them with a, you can either send, like if you have stickers, you can send them off to people to get printed. Or if you want to make prints, you can make prints at home. You can even make stickers at home if you have like a cutting machine. Um, so that's why I mean, it's like a short game. It's like kind of very, a lot more quick and um, in your control. So you can make products and then sell them, right? So that's having an online shop is one kind of revenue stream. And 
if you even want to make it even simpler, you could make digital products and then sell digital products. And that's like another way to make money that maybe is a little bit less hands on. I'm not saying it's passive money. Nothing is passive money, guys. Okay, like debunk that from your brain. If if you're getting passive money tips on TikTok, like you're getting lied to, you're you're being scammed in one way or another because everything requires time and effort. Um, especially when it comes to your illustration work, like you don't want to make it super cheap and then like devalue the worth of your illustration work. Right. So don't fall into those traps. Okay. I'm just saying that because I've seen a lot of that on TikTok. But what I'm saying is short game is having an online shop with either physical or digital products that you can basically sell continuously and get some money in. The downside to this is that it does require an investment. Like you need to produce the products. And again, if it's digital products and it doesn't take much money to um, create them, but you're going to have an online shop at least. And that takes a little bit of money to open an online shop, whether it's on Etsy or whether it's on your own platform or whatever. And what which one I recommend really depends on your situation. So if you want that to be an episode, text the hotline and let me know and I'll make it. But OK, so short game, having an online shop does require an investment. You can either do digital products, physical products. And you could even do drop shipping. Um, is it my number one recommendation? No, because you don't get a lot of money from drop shipping. But like if you're limited, if you're traveling, if you don't have a lot of space for holding inventory, if you don't have a lot of money to invest in inventory, you know, drop ship drop shipping is an option out there. So that would be like the short game in my mind, right? Then the other option you have is to take on commissions. And I mean more like client commissions, not so much personal commissions. I would call this like the medium game because it does take time to put together a portfolio that's like strong enough to gain interest from clients and for them to hire you. So this is kind of like, it's not going to be instant. Like you, you publish your portfolio, you're not going to start getting like a million inquiries from the start, right? You publish your portfolio, you outreach to people where it makes sense and eventually you'll get something, right? That's the goal. And another reason I call this like the medium game is because it can take a while for you to not only get the inquiry, but then book the job, do the work, and then wait 30 or 60 days to get paid. So this is medium, medium game. Then you have the long game for revenue and for diversifying your income, which is the content game. This is YouTube podcasts, Patreons, affiliate links, all of this stuff that revolves around content that you can make money from your content. This is the long game because it's true in this day and age, in, in modern day Internet, you can make money from having a following that's dedicated and loyal. Just having followers as a number, that's not going to make you money. But having a following that's a community, that they're listening to you, you're listening to them, you really understand them, they really understand you, they, they trust you, they like you, that there's that like no like trust principle of marketing that really applies here. Google it if you don't, if you don't know about it, you can Google it. I'm not going to rant about no like trust. But um, if you have that set up, then yeah, eventually, right, like a year, maybe two years after you start building your online presence, you may be able to start monetizing it by creating reels for other brands, by creating TikToks for brands, by by having sponsors on your YouTube channel, by having a Patreon that's really sustainable and that gives you like a solid amount of money every month. There's some amazing creators doing that. 
Um, so I feel like that's kind of the long game because you have to really build that up from the ground. And so that's the long game. And those are three different ways that you can expand your revenue streams. Obviously, they all take different amounts of commitment. My biggest tip is start small. Start with what you can manage now and then slowly build it up. You don't have to have everything launching all at once, you know? And if you have a shop, you don't need to update every single month. You might be able to just have an ongoing collection and add products in and take products out. Um, a lot of different guests on the show have talked about this. I know, you know, um, Natalia talked about her online shop on the show. I think Danny Brito also talked about his online shop on the show. I have, um, I think Itzel talked about their online shop on the show. So like, go check out those episodes and hear what they have to say about running a on, online shop. It it all comes with its ups and downs. Um, so Marisol Muro also talked about running an online shop. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And sometimes by making products, maybe a client will eventually reach out to you, right? Like if you make a ton of amazing prints, maybe there's a company who wants to commission your prints for a larger run for their stores or whatever. So, you know, they, they all kind of feed into each other. And I think it's just about starting small and just like kind of, testing things out. You can really play with it. It's your business. And a lot of business is trial and error. Obviously, you don't want to do like a major mess up where like you lose a ton of money or something. So start small. That's like the biggest thing I've heard on the show is like everyone starts off making like a small run of stickers and it goes well. So they make more and they make a washi tape eventually. You know what I mean? Like just start with with, with what you can and don't kind of stop yourself now just because you like can't make washi stickers, washi tape today. You know, like you don't have to start with your biggest idea. You can start with like a totally okay idea and not like your greatest idea ever. Um, that's my biggest tip. Cause I think a lot of people get stuck, like being like, I need a great, amazing idea for either this product or for this commission or for content. And it's like, no, you can just start with kind of like any idea and you'll eventually build that muscle up so that you get better and better at either running a shop or doing your commissions or having amazing content. So just start now, experiment, stay consistent and just like slowly build on it over time. That's like my biggest tip. And it's something that I am trying to practice myself. For your second question, which is how has being a part of the illustration community changed my life? Oh my gosh, it's changed my life entirely. I mean, making art friends on the internet, starting on Tumblr, then on Instagram, like they have always encouraged me and helped me out and been like, yeah, that's a good idea. And sometimes like you have a just okay idea, like I was talking about before, and you just need someone to be like, yeah, that's a good idea for you to go and put it out there into the world for a comic, for a sticker, for whatever. And I think like, I vividly remember, like I made one sticker in college and then my friend was like, those are funny. I like, can I sell those on my online shop? Cause she had a online shop where she sold stickers for other people and so I sent her a bunch of stickers and she sold them for me and that was like all the encouragement I needed Izzy if you're hearing this I'm gonna send you this episode so you can make sure you hear it but just having art friends that like encourage your ideas no matter how little they are no matter like where you are along where you are along your like creative journey Oh, it makes me like so happy and warm and fuzzy. And even now to this day, like if I have a cool campaign with people, with someone, have my friends who like comment on it and help me out. And I just think like having people that just reassure you, validate you, hype you up 
along your creative journey is like so key. And that's also another reason I made the show was so I can bring people on, hype them up, be like, your career is amazing. Like, look at everything you've done, learn from them. Hopefully you guys learn from them too. And just have like, just more context for everyone than what than what you just see on Instagram. Because sometimes what you see on Instagram, it just feels like someone is so far ahead of you or whatever in their creative career. And then by having them on the show, I'm able to break everything down a little bit, kind of demystify it and just show, hopefully, I hope, show people that it's like not so out of reach as they thought. And that's kind of what the community does for me is just being like encouraging me. I've had so many different friends, Grace, Kendall, uh, Itzel, so many friends that just encourage me and give me like a pat on the back when I'm freaking out. And yeah, everyone on Kolub, I'm just like, I need that. And you kind of need that as an artist because it's such a vulnerable career, like making work from your heart. And then like, if no one likes it, it hurts. You know, you need good friends to surround you. And I hope that I'm doing that for the community and the community is definitely doing that for me. So if, you know, if you feel discouraged in your art, go make some art friends and help each other out and boost each other up because it is a long game. Like I said earlier about the revenue streams, all of it is a long, long, long game. And then... You also said, like, how do I feel that I impacted the illustration community? Um, I think I have in a small sense, like hopefully just by the people who listen to the show and maybe just didn't think that there was a lot of Latina artists out there or just followed like a small amount of them or didn't, you know, I hope that I'm showing them like, look at all the different possibilities that you can take, look at all the different routes you could take. you be a designer, you can be an illustrator, you can be a commercial illustrator, you can be an editorial illustrator. That's kind of what I'm focusing on right now with the show, but like just showing people the different routes that you can take to become a creative person as a Latinx artist. That's kind of my contribution to the community. And I I think, you know, based on the response I'm getting from you guys, you like it and you craved it. And I'm happy that I can do this for you. Um, But yeah, that's basically it. Natalia, thank you so much for your questions. You guys go follow her at Nats and Me on TikTok, on Instagram. Go follow her. Her work is super cute and like very in tune with nature and stuff. All right, everyone, that's all I have for you today. Thank you once again to Lauren and Natalia for calling in and asking some amazing questions. I hope that everyone benefited from hearing the answers. And if you listening, you have a question about being an illustrator, about having a creative career, about the podcast, about the show, about a guest, whatever it is, please call in to 305-985-3729. That's 305-985-3729 to record your question. You can leave a voicemail and I'll play it on the show. And be sure to leave your name and your handle if you want me to include that as a part of the mini episode. Or if you're feeling a little shy, which I would say like, come on, don't be so shy. Like I'm making the space for us, okay? But if you're shy, you can also text and then I'll read it out loud for you. So if you have a question, you can also text. I've been thinking about making an episode about overthinking and just like talking about maybe some tips that you can take to stop overthinking, what it feels like, what other people like kind what I've heard from other people about overthinking and putting that together into a little mini episode for you guys. So if you want to drop your questions about overthinking, anything that you have, please go ahead and text or call about that subject at 305-985-3729. 
All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next Tuesday for another episode. Bye, everyone. Have an amazing rest of your week. Bye. Bye.